So Taylor, on the entire car ride here, I was thinking about asking you, have you ever been high off of life? Because for the most part, I truly am high off of life. And then I made the mistake of fucking walking in your garage. And holy shit, is it like trauma in here? Like I feel traumatized just being in this heat. And yeah, like I know you're going to say, oh, it's hot, blah, blah, blah. I live in Florida. When the sun goes down, it somehow gets fucking hotter in this state. I don't, I can't explain it. I personally live with like, how do I put this? If I had it my way, I'd have 68 degrees at all times. But because of my current living situation, I have to stay at a brisk 72 at night, which, you know, still is pretty low for most people. But for me, it's not, it doesn't even scratch this fucking surface. But on top of that, not only do I have a box fan, I have a fucking window AC unit. So my house is staying at 72 degrees on top of all of that other things. So with everything combined and, you know, like low moisture blankets or some shit like that, I'm a pretty cool fucking guy, and I'm going to do my best not to let this get to me, but the heat feels like it already has. How about you, Taylor? Do because you want, I feel like you're asleep right now. Do you want me to go get you a fan, bro? I feel good. I feel like this is the best temperature it could be in here right now. A little sweat never hurt nobody. So Nothing to never come from a, from a day where you didn't sweat. Part of me wants you to go get a fan, but I know I'm going to edit this episode and the noise reduction I'm going to have to do to that fan is going to be fucking miserable. I have so a fan I'm going to save myself to trauma a loud, later. It's a loud bitch. So oh, I yeah, I see that, that one. Let on. me guess. It's a brand called Lasco because Lasco has a monopoly on all fucking box fans. If you've seen a fucking box fan, and I'm talking about that bitch you've known your entire life, that big white box fan that they usually have at the office, even if they're colored, I promise you, Bro, they are last. You have broken a record today. You have taken us right from the jump. As soon as we jump into it, you're just like, no, fans! You know, i got to be honest, I was a little bit inspired from AEW <laughs> because they went right into a fucking banger, and that is Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky, and of course, we did crown a new TNT champion. How do you feel about that? Because i am got to say, I fucking told you so. But that's not really where my take is going to be that's not based what, around. That's not exactly what you said. What you said is he was going to win the world championship. In five years. Okay, all right. That I, was less well, than a year I don't ago. remember there ever being any conversation about the TNT championship. So here's my thing about it. It's the right way uh, for a lot of different reasons. One, we're building legitimacy of that title because almost every single title reign has been important. Almost more important than the World Heavyweight Championship at some times, or at least in my opinion. I, uh, if you did know, what a weird uh, thing he just said. That giant weird. fan of Hangman. That's the weirdest weird, thing, right? The weird uh, thing he just so said. So to me, that championship has felt a little bit more important, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But what I was more so saying, and why I think it's a good take, is because it gives Wardlow the ability to not only bring credibility to this title, but then be one of those premier players within the roster without having to instantly go into the title picture. So are you thinking that he's just going to go rough shot on like 30, 30, 35 people here? Or? Oh, I fucking know he is going to. And I, while watching this, like the entrance, if you notice, they started uh, filming him before he even got to uh, the live arena. And it gave me flashes of Goldberg. And I, I've got a problem with this if they book him like they do Goldberg. And here's why. They're already doing that on the show. It's going to be a little bit boggy if they've got two people doing it at the same time. So who are they booking like Wardlow? Shade. Well, so one could make the argument that it's two different divisions, so it's not really a big a deal. But you got if you're going to uh, make this a long-lasting TNT run for him and he's just going to be knocking off people every week like you want him to be, 
Isn't that going to be a little bulky to have two of these matches on every show? Not really, because like I said, once again, there are two different divisions and they provide the same thing. Now, if we focus all of our women's time on Jade Cargill exclusively, that may become a problem. But they've really kind of found the balance. Like she mostly wrestles on Rampage or pay-per-view. And most of the time on Dynamite, she'll cut promos. And I'll tell you, those are the highlights of the night. But while watching that intro, I did, like I said, give flashes of War or not Wardlow, Goldberg. And people have been making that comparison already. So this isn't any new can, thing for you. Can but, I side rail this for a minute? No, because I actually was going to go somewhere with this. Okay, go ahead. I think at the end of the day, Wardlow will eclipse Goldberg. I think most people, like, people will always talk about Goldberg and his influence and what he did for the rest of the I'm business. glad you said that, because that bleeds into what I was going to say. Go ahead. I just, I think Wardlow is going to really take the shine away from Goldberg. Like, there's always going to be those, like, diehard fans of him. And, you know, he did have a crazy fucking run, and he is a good example always for how you actually book someone like Goldberg. But I think by the time Wardlow is through his run... He's going to be talked about the same way Goldberg is talked about now. So put this down on paper. You're saying that when this is all said and done, we're going to see Wardlow as the next Goldberg? Or he's going to be a better Goldberg? Or what are you saying exactly? I don't think he's going to be Goldberg. I think people, before saying Goldberg, they're going to say Wardlow. Wow. So many differences where it's like, it's easy to distinct the two. You know what I mean? Like Goldberg's jackhammer was something of fucking beauty. And now Wardlow does the symphony. There's only a few variations of that move that really stand out. He made one of those. Like, his symphony of destruction will go down with the last ride. It will go down with Kevin Nash's jackknife, a.k.a. fucking powerbomb. Do we or love the symphony for me, that the much? Do you Batista love the bomb. symphony that much? Seriously? I okay, I let me say this. I'm really happy that they are sticking with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get. I get like, the that idea was the of finish him of the fucking move. Scorpio match. Like, and I understand that you really like him, but don't you think that this is a wildly, uh, uh what's the word? A wildly uh, enthusiastic take. Like, you're going crazy here. Like, this is the guy in the beginning of his career that's already not started off like Goldberg. He played the role of enforcer, and it didn't seem like that's a Goldberg start to me. So I don't see how we get a comparison to Goldberg at all. Plus, Goldberg came in dominant and was dominant. It is exactly like Jade. It is the the exact way they book Jade. There's no difference. Like you can't compare him to Goldberg. You can compare him to somebody else. You can compare him to Kevin Nash if you want. But like, come on. I would still make the argument that he does have enough comparisons to Goldberg. But like I said, there's enough differences where you go, hey, hold on. This isn't Goldberg. This is Wardlow. And you, I really do like your side of things because I could understand why you would not associate Goldberg at all. And I also don't think he's near as charismatic as Goldberg. I'd go ahead and put that out there as well. And I know that Goldberg has a bad rap on him now, but like, charisma A1. There's no way around it. Maybe now, but if you look at Goldberg and that like part of his career, they're both not very charismatic. I'm stopping that one too. Uh, remember when we watched that uh, pay-per-view, which wasn't super highly regarded with him and Bigelow getting into the altercation. Where Big Bro, he is as charismatic as one of those thumb-thumbs from Spy Kids. Oh, I disagree completely. I think that his his whole aura leads charismaticness. Like, I think the whole idea of 30 people holding him back, just like Wardlow, I guess, but his felt a little bit more real. Like, you felt danger. Like, I don't feel danger when Wardlow... I know it's a because of kayfabe being dead, and maybe it's not the same show that we watched in 2001, 2000, but, like, fuck me, that man seems scary back then. He did, but there's a difference between confidence and charisma. And he couldn't fucking last 30 but minutes. the weaknesses bled out as time went on. Agreed. 
But that's because of the way that they booked him. Like the weaknesses were not there until they started booking him a certain way. Well, and that's the key difference, I think, between the two, because there were mishaps in Tony Khan's booking with but, or Wardlow, at least. And Goldberg, like I said, is a perfect example of how you book a dominant superstar. Why are we as podcasters always have to do this? And I'm the most guilty of this. So first, before I say anything, I think I'm, you hate Wardlow. I am absolutely the most guilty of this, of seeing like someone and being like, you know what that reminds me of? In fact, I'm going to do it later on in the show. Uh, there's just like a thing, I guess, that podcasters do now where we're just like, you know, we should compare this guy to someone else. I also feel like how maybe I'm under misunderstanding this. How big is Goldberg size wise? He's like six foot, right? Yeah, he's about the I think Wardlow is bigger, if I'm being honest with you. And I don't have any data or stats in front of me, so I could I would very say, well be wrong. I would but say I'm pretty so sure far his run is reminiscent of Kurrigan more than it is Goldberg. And hey, you know, two different, and hey, you know, two different dudes, two different uh, opinions, and that's the beautiful thing about it. But yeah, no, for me, I get flashes of Goldberg. I'm not saying like I would compare the two without a shadow of a doubt, but seeing that entrance, something about it last or the other night. Well, actually, it was a couple hours for me because I missed Dynamite last night. First thing I thought was, wow, this really does feel like a Goldberg entrance, especially with that new theme music. And I've already beaten that drum dead, so I'm not going to do it again this week. But between the presentation and then what he actually does in ring and the difference between him and Goldberg really should be he looked good. He looked good after that 30 minutes. Man. He looked good after that match. Goldberg, he would kind of be like you might be hitting, Aaron. You might be hitting some uh, recency bias. You thinking of the last few matches you've watched with Goldberg. That no, I'm thinking about old. Goldberg when he debuted in WCW and what? He went 145 wins before he took a loss, and the loss he took was kind of bullshit. It was definitely, uh, I'm good with that, brother. Man, you, type shit. Be, you gotta just be a little nicer to Goldberg. I'm gonna start wearing Goldberg t-shirts around here, bro. I think I might become the biggest Goldberg fan. I like the way he wears his sunglasses. So maybe I, I like sh- the cut of his jib. And honestly, I like his catchphrase. If I could work that into every podcast, you think he'd sponsor us? If after everything you said dumb, I would just be like, you're next. And then I'd fight you. Let me be honest. He'd be dumb not to sponsor us, but I don't <laughs> think he would. Now, for me, I might have a little bit of bias because of that Chris Jericho story back in the day where, like, you know, he tried to be, like, intimidating towards Chris Jericho and he fucking Chris Jericho <laughs> bitch slapped him. Though I got something to say about that, too. Have you ever felt like someone just like lies a little bit to make themselves seem cooler? Oh, like, that's definitely Chris Jericho. Uh, I, I just want to put that out there. Like, we have a lot of stories where Chris Jericho is like attempting to fight Brock Lesnar, and like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some things that I don't know if I necessarily believe. And like, I gotta say, like, this whole Goldberg story seems a little fishy. Like, I'm right there with you. And I want to be the exact same and way. I like Jericho. Don't get me wrong. Goldberg did it to himself, though, because Goldberg addressed that this situation happened, but was so fucking vague. It's like, really, you kind of have to believe Chris Jericho because Goldberg's not saying anything, which almost means he's Chris is right. Goldberg's never been a person to talk, though, like a lot. Like, he's never, like, speaking out intelligent facts or, like, going on soapboxes. I feel like Chris Jericho's done that, like, let's talk on stage about all our stories thing way too many times. Oh, yeah. That's his bread and butter, and you know he makes probably a really good payday from it. But we have been talking about old men because at this point, Chris Jericho's fucking old. Goldberg's old. Fuck, Wardlow will be old eventually. So I want to work out a conversation that we've had like four or five times in person. And the funniest thing about it is every time we have the conversation, it really does change and morph and like, I don't think we're going to have the original conversation we had. And part of me doesn't even remember it because I was a few beers in on 4th of July. Shocker, shocker. But 
Let's talk about the Rock and Roll Express. Is that cool with you? Yeah. So this all started because I was watching Great American Bashes on the 4th of July. Like I just had them on all day long off of Peacock because it plays one after another, after another, after another. So while we were doing the fireworks and shit with the kids, I was bouncing in and out. I got to catch a couple Great American Bash matches. Well, one of the matches I saw was the Rock and Roll Express against each other 1v1. And I got to say... An absolute goddamn banger, dude. Like, they they deserve every accolade that they've ever gotten. And, like, I, I think the original conversation had us kind of comparing what we've got FTR doing right now in AEW. Where it's not necessarily we're splitting them up. It is just we're playing a little game here where we see if they can hold water on their own. I think that there's a place where you maybe hold your criticisms back, though. Because we had the conversation and you were like, hang it up. And, like, I get your com- what you're saying. Like, I understand. But, like, what amount of things can people do for us before we say, okay, let- let's let them have their farewell-, farewell tour. Let's let them have their time in the limelight before they ride off into the sunset. So let me Christian Cage this bitch and get absolute heat, hopefully. Um, I still firmly believe that. And I'm not saying I'm telling them to hang it up right now because they are actually in the middle of doing that. But what I'm saying is there's a time and a place to do that. But it's not and like I think they're, they're past their expiration date. And the same comparison has been made about Ric Flair and a couple but, other people. And it's the same. Are you watching their current stuff? Yeah. Okay. Did you watch I'd their say, pay-per-view I, on Sunday? I didn't Sunday? watch the one on Sunday, but I did watch the match with uh, Bussy. Okay, and so, so and I think there are times where like not everybody's gonna have a banger every night when you're in your seventies. You know what I mean? But they have wrestled matches in the last couple of years where I th- find them to be entertaining. And I think this is a great spot for people like Ali Catch and and Effie to get in a ring with someone that they've watched for years and respected for years. And it doesn't hurt anybody. They still want to make money, they still need to make money. So why can't we let them wrestle? Okay, so I have an argument, but I'm going to, like, sideline it really quick because you brought up Bussy, which is Effie and Ali Catch. Like you said, did you read the story about Effie's experience with uh, Jeff Jarrett? Before you say what you're going to say or, you know, I'm not going to edit it out or anything, but I will say I need you to read that story because I don't necessarily agree with you after reading things like that because from what I read, the Jeff Jarrett thing or Jeff Jarrett experience was not a pleasant one. Now, I could have perceived that wrong, and you may have a different opinion. Maybe the person listening to this has a different opinion, but that's how I took it. But this isn't about Jeff. We all know what Jeff does on the side and how he is on the side and how business is to him. He cares about business far more than he cares about anything else. This is about two people that are bona fide legends in tag team wrestling. Like, you can't talk tag team wrestling top 20 of all time where these guys don't slip in. But I also don't want to watch an urn wrestle someone if it's fucking the greatest wrestler of all time versus an urn. And, and I know that's kind of a weird expression or whatever. But, but it kind of seems like you can't let people have that. Like, just you're not you don't have to watch GCW. It's not like they're doing WWE dates or but AEW so that's dates. Kind of like my concern is why are you risking your body for dates like this? Because they love wrestling, Will. They love wrestling. The same reason that they were risking their bodies in the, the 80s and the 90s. But once again, it goes back to the, I think this farewell tour should have been a couple couple years ago. Like, if it's a money thing, and I don't, I'm not saying it is I a money thing, but if it's a money thing, there's plenty of ways wait, to get wait, good wait, wait, paydays wait. without Let me wrestling. stop you there. This, this uh, indie boom has really 
hit the last two years. It like, has. And there's a lot of fucking money out there. Not just money, just like exposure too. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of promotions where you get to see people a lot more than you used to. But, and it is like a second life for a lot of these guys. Like even like you just brought up Jeff Jarrett. It is created a second life for Jeff Jarrett. And you know what? Cool for Jeff Jarrett. Like I'm happy for him. But and, it's cool, dude. It's cool I don't to get think, to see your 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 I don't think it's doing the again. same thing for them. I really think if anything, it's to get another generation of a Morton out there more than anything. Like, I really feel like that's what this is for. Maybe it's a payday, but I, I, even if the payday is great, like I've seen like videos and like promos from them, like dude, not for nothing. No, I saw you it. Had it. I saw the promo and I actually liked it. I didn't see the match, but I did catch a promo on Twitter. I, I, not necessarily maybe the promo you're thinking of, but they did a promo for a local promotion that they're going to run through on this farewell tour, which, by the way, it seems like this farewell tour is like a Black Sabbath Just say farewell it. tour. You don't like old people. Uh, I don't like old people wrestling when they shouldn't be. Uh, but who says they should? Who's, who's allowed to say they shouldn't be? Do you Me. have a medical degree? Their doctors said they could. Well, how about this? If I have that match in the middle of a card... I am walking to go outside the, the smoke. The fuck you were walking to go outside while Ricky Morton wrestles. Yeah, I while would. The Rock and Roll I'd go Express get a beer or something. Oh, bro. You wouldn't take the experience in of getting to see the Rock and Roll Express one more time. No, because You're it's, wild, bro. It's, You're wild. Maybe I am being a party pooper for nostalgia. Well, th- that's, but I wouldn't... Mm. I would rather not watch them tarnish their careers. Tarnish? I think it's tarnishing it. I don't think it is at all, bro. Maybe this will... Uh, get you like it's the same thing with Shawn Michaels like Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles have talked about wrestling like that can happen at the snap of a finger right the difference is Shawn Michaels legitimately told AJ Styles like hey I have a legacy that like upkeep and I don't think I can put those matches on anymore and it's so I'm not gonna risk it but all right you're talking about are you excited for Ric Flair's last match like this I no, I'm not excited about because it because I've heard you like, criticize it. I will say that I will probably end up watching it somewhere though oh you've got me so fucked up if you don't think I'm going to actually pop that but the rest of the card is pretty fucking impressive too but anyway you're not intrigued to see what Ric Flair can do one more time He's building this matchup, whether we like it or not, bro. So he's doing it. He's building it. He's promoting it. He's doing the whole nine yards, and he's selling that shit out. But the difference is, for me, a year from now, this won't be Ric Flair's last match for me. His last match will be against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26, I think. It happened in, like, 2008. I I was there, and I don't even fucking remember Man, the number. You got to... Uh... You got to just let people retire when they want to retire, I guess, at this point. You know what? You're going to go to Walmart and fire the 80-year-old there, too? Um. So, fun fact about that. If you're talking about the specific person I'm thinking of at the local Walmart here, I was literally complaining and claiming that she is the bane of my existence earlier oh, this Oh, bro. So, you have a problem with old people. This isn't about Rock and Roll Express. This is old people in general. You just hate old people. I don't hate all old people whatsoever. But, you know, if you want to generalize me like that, that's totally fine. But let's move on uh, it's a, it's to a, something. Listen, it's a WAP. A W-H-O-P. Will hates old people. That made no sense, but I'm here for it. Let's kind of talk about someone old. JR. Because we talked about it last week that we were going to talk a little bit about JR. Man, dude, this conversation is going to be the same. This is a whole episode about you hating old people. Whoa! Whoa! Welcome to the jaded verse, I <laughs> the guess. The jaded verse where Will just takes a shit down old people's throats. I want to caveat that this whole idea starts with Pat McAfee's extension uh, 
signing, which is fucking awesome. I am so happy that that man decided to stick around with WWE because it's not like he is a shortage of ventures. Uh, but I am a firm believer that he has now become the voice of SmackDown, and I prefer him over anyone. Um, I think oh, under Michael him Cole. is Byron Saxton. Um, actually, I'm not going to talk positively or negatively about Michael Cole, but the other person I fucking hate, I didn't notice was there on Monday because I suffered through Raw on Monday. And I noticed Why did you say Jimmy suffered through? You told me it was good earlier this week. I think you're just playing a part. It's not good. You told me it was good. Now you're changing your tune for the I podcast. said it was all right, and I said that you would like it. But there's a difference between the good and telling you that. He said some bad things about Michael Cole, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, I talked shit about Michael Cole on the show. Michael Cole doesn't work. I talked about Jimmy Smith, who, like I said, but was not there. But whenever you see a commentator now, it just reverts to you talking about Michael Cole. Like you're just like Jimmy Smith. He's a fucking punk ass you know who else is a punk ass michael cole old let me ask you man. this let's play the game where i did tell you that it was good which i did but let's play that game is it a coincidence that jimmy smith was not there you tell me that right fucking now taylor is jimmy smith ruining raw can we get a petition to actually get him thrown off because part of me really feels like he was just blowing up fireworks so he's like guys can't come into work Look, what if i what if i replace jimmy smith with michael cole just double duding it would you be cool with that honestly okay i guess i will say something positive about michael cole You're welcome, i would mike. rather take michael cole on raw with Corey graves again than fucking jimmy smith would you, you rather would you rather just what if we just had four jimmy smiths Okay, now you're clone, talking crazy. Just clone Jimmy Smith and just put him everywhere. Before Jimmy Smith was the voice of Monday Night Raw, we had Jim Ross and King as the voices of Monday Night Raw. But I've started to notice, and it started at Forbidden Door, but it seems to be going on each and every single week. JR has been stepping back from his duties. Now, some people quote health problems. Um, I think it's interesting to note that a few weeks ago, Tony Khan actually said JR is the one dude he does not produce because JR does not like having all that shit going on in his head. I will say sometime last year in August, JR specifically said like, hey, this is not happening. So it's interesting to see how this played out. I tried to do a little bit more research because like I said last week, I wanted to do research before I came to you guys with an actual conversation. But from what I understand, there's not much more information on it. Now, I could be wrong once again. Uh, I don't have anything in front of me. But from what I had done a little research earlier, I could not really find much, if anything on all, about JR leaving right now. Just like they said in Ozarks, a lot of things can happen in two days. So it's been a lot longer than two days. Who could... who? Who are we to make that decision for him? I mean, you are. You're the guy that makes all the decisions for everybody in wrestling. But I would say that they are just reducing his role because he's having, like, health problems. That's probably the most logical explanation when you think... Do you think we'd see him... Do you think we'll see him in a full-time capacity again? <laughs> if he comes back and he is healthy enough to do the job consistently, then yes. Because... And here's why. He's an absolute moneymaker no matter what you do. All publicity is publicity. Even when people shit on him for saying WWE instead of AEW or saying the wrong name of pay-per-views or whatever he does on the daily basis, which doesn't really bother me that much because, again, I respect a legend. I always respect my elders. And when it comes to JR, I just have a piece of warmth for him. Let me ask you a real question. Are you happy with him in this limited role? Like, uh, me, so listen, you can eliminate him altogether. If he wants to be there, I want him to be there because when he's there, he's always going to deliver me a great quote. 
Well, you at know. least one, he is going to hit one dinger every time he sits down in that chair. And it is certified that he will say something that is just so JR. It doesn't matter what it is. He'll find it. It doesn't matter how much time. If he sits down there for one match, one minute, it's a squash match. He'll get in there and he'll be like, holy cow. And you're just like, JR, my guy. So I'm so glad you said that because I would like to point out at the beginning of us recording this podcast, I asked you for a beverage and you said I couldn't have one because you didn't have any. Totally fine by me. Not trying to come at you passive aggressive. Damn, passive aggressive. But I will say, want in one hand and shit in the other. And I'm sure you know how that expression goes. I don't. See which one fills up quicker. You really had me, like, I had to fucking draw a Venn diagram or some shit. But what I'm just saying is, the consistent theme from you with this podcast, if they want to do it, let them do it. And that's fine, but don't subject me to it. I'm not saying get rid of JR by any means, and I'm really, really not trying to lean well, into this hating old people thing that you keep on putting on me. It's true, though. But what I'm saying is, I really do think that there is enough talent on commentary between the recent Ring of Honor acquisition and the talent that's already there for them to have a main broadcast team on Dynamite that exists without JR. And U- yes, Upac's name value like JR go. Tony Schiavone and Taz. Neither one of them are JR. Calm down. They aren't JR, but they do both deliver a mm-hmm. much better level. Let me, let me bring out the disagree button. Beep. Okay. Uh-uh. D- nope. I'll Maybe let you argue Shivani. Maybe Shivani, but don't ever put Taz near JR again on a microphone. No, Taz is great. The difference <laughs> between Taz and I didn't and say J- it was bad, but that's... Again, you're being wildly optimistic. Maybe I'm a little bit biased. I've always really liked Taz on commentary, but I think him and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur are a good combination. They're now. fine. Like he, I he personally kinda, am not a giant fan of Excalibur, but I know he's researched I, and he does his job. I'd rather Taz just be a commentator and not have so much meat in the game. And I think that's maybe what annoys me a little bit about Taz is he's got like, look, look I listen, I understand the side with Hook and that he's got his team and he's got all these people he doesn't like on the show, which are all related to his team and it's like everything is like ah, da, 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 da. it's like dude just calm like i don't need that it's taking heel and face announcers and kind of turning it up a little bit which i do agree with that it just point. annoys me like i think like especially for like a lot it hasn't been as bad because they haven't focused so much on team taz lately. No, not at all or when they do they really kind of but like, i i had like a year straight where every time i watched dynamite i was kind of annoyed with taz no, I totally understand. For me, like, and I this might show my age, but Taz was one of the announcers for me growing up. So to see him in this role in AEW, I think it's natural. And I do believe that AEW, one of the things they need to do to attract a new audience is, you know, surpass the WWE or the WWF commentary team. And I do think JR is one of the greatest, if not the greatest wrestling announcer or commentator of all time. But there's a day for that. I think that day has passed. I would like for that man, and kind of like what I was saying with Ricky Morton and the Rock and Roll Express, like I want them to focus on their health, and I'm sure they can still make a pretty good payday without sacrificing themselves. And if JR is having a hard time traveling because that shit will turn his shit sideways, like it, it basically inflates or... I'm trying to look for a word. It's not working. But yeah, it's not good for him. And at the end of the day, I don't want JR to subject himself to that just for our entertainment when you have more than enough people to fill his role it's, it's weird. at a high level. It's weird to tell an entertainer not to entertain, though. And that's what the whole concept of every argument we've had tonight is. It's like, it's weird for me that you tell an entertainer, hey, you can't entertain anymore. 
but it happens. But why? Do you, it's like why they take though? people's driver's like, license why? away. Why does it? Because they don't need to do it anymore. Because they're not doing it at the level they once did. And all it does is now you remember what they did. Now you don't remember what they did back Who, then. Who's to say that uh, the Rock and Roll Express isn't doing it to the level that they did once? Because I think that they're still doing good, really good stuff out there. And I would say that Jr. Is, still has an impact when he's in the booth. To me, it's not doing it for me anymore. But... If you've been listening to this show for a few weeks, ideally you've been listening since day one, you know what we're about to talk about. Let, let, before we do a movie review, let, let me give a little interaction to the fans. I need you to tweet us, and if you're intrigued by the Rock and Roll Express on their farewell tour, just tweet Ricky to the Jaded Wrestling Twitter, please. Well, the Jaded Wrestling Twitter, and I do really like that idea. So just for your knowledge, that's at Jaded Wrestling. But so... Once again, Taylor is reviewing Jungle Cruise. And just a little bit of a sidebar, I went through hell trying to convince this man that this did not need to be made into a movie. And once again, kind of like what you've been doing this whole podcast, you argued against me and tried to convince me that it was such a great movie. So I am so ready for you to tell me how great Jungle Cruise was. Because I've talked to you all day, and I don't know what this review is going to sound like. I did this for you. I Who, did it me for, or the I podcast did it for you. I did it for the people. I did it for the rock. I did this for you. I didn't want to watch this fucking two hour movie. I wasn't interested in this two hour movie. I had no interest in it. I have watched two other Dwayne Johnson movies and a movie with Kevin Nash and a bunch of other movies that I could review right now. I would say that this movie, if it had been made in 1995, if they dropped the same budget on it, which they wouldn't have because of inflation and stuff. They probably dropped about, what, $6 million on this movie to make it. So how about this? Let, you know, people always like to factor in inflation costs for, like, modern-day things versus what it would happen in the 50s. Can we do that, like, but on a reverse? Well, the only reason I factored in inflation is because they spent a lot of money on this movie. Not to mention, everything's fucking expensive lately. And they, they, they booked Emily Blunt, who is Disney's girl like they used her for mary poppins and i liked mary poppins and they used her for this but it's their girl and they used the rock who is the highest paid actor in the world right now so that you know they drop money on him jesse plemons who was in like mike as the bad guy he plays the bad guy in this ironically enough and i think it was a pretty good idea to cast all these people here's the problem why nobody the, hold on i'm sorry i need to interrupt you real quick why in the year of our lord 2022 am i hearing about like mike so fucking often because because I, this isn't even the first time this week that i've heard about like mike listen dude you, you're gonna hang out what with the me? fuck you're happened gonna, to jonathan lipnicki you're gonna hear so much about like mike and little bow wow from me bro you better just get away run here's as the as problem though it wasn't even you it was like just a like post this all on twitter of people I, talking I about how like, like mike is such a good movie absolutely assumed it was me right off the bat that was talking about like mike i didn't even give you a chance to let me know where it came from i just automatically was like nobody else is talking about like mike but anyway jungle fucking cruise you you asshole made me watch this i didn't make you watch Yo, you it. forced me you made yourself you watch your it when chair. you decided to you argue over, with me you convinced. came over and you put your disney plus password into my fucking fire stick here's you a joke i don't even have chair. disney plus you tied me to a chair you said you're gonna watch this movie for these fucking people and it's not a choice and i said no please don't make me watch jungle cruise and you said it's not an option to be fair, I did have to remind you that you were reviewing Jungle Cruise like 10 different times. Because I watched other shit because I tried so hard to stay away from it. But you decided your fate when you tried to convince me that Jungle Cruise needed to be made. So it didn't need to be made in 2022. 
So what you're saying right now is it didn't need to be made. It didn't need to be made now. If it had been made 15 years ago, this would have been a cult classic and everyone would still be talking about it. None of the jokes were funny because they were all dated bad jokes. All the clothing was dated and bad and old. Everything about this movie just felt like 1996. And honestly, it just didn't translate well to now. Like, I don't think the movie was terrible. I watched the whole movie. It was just very long and very pointless. Do you know what I would rather watch? Let's kind of a similar concept around that time period of like 1996 or so. Python with Ice Cube and J-Lo. It's Anaconda. But Anaconda, yes. I'm pretty sure there's a movie named Python. There is. It doesn't have J-Lo or Ice Cube in it. I have this fucking problem where I'll take like all kinds of names for snakes like pythons, anacondas, and... uh other names? Vipers? Vipers, yes. Viper is one of them because I always get those mixed That's up. That's a movie, too. Cobra. It was also a ride at Bush Gardens in Tampa, and it fucked. This is a wild, wild uh, downhill slope of a movie review we've done. Um, You're welcome. I'm saving you. I'm trying to pull you up right now like we're on a jungle cruise or something. So the movie was okay. I wouldn't say you need to watch it or anything. It gets like a four out of ten. I would say maybe a three. It was, I'm going to go with three because from everything you've told me, this is more like in two or three territory than three or four. So I would say that The Rock does his job. Like he doesn't give you anything enthusiasm wise. He's not blowing you away with a brilliant performance, but he is doing his job. So I guess whatever, dude. What a bad movie. But I wouldn't say it's the worst movie. Go watch it if you have two hours and you really hate yourself. Okay. I uh, I won't still watch that movie. So you're never going to get to see the collection of The Rock then? It's Well, first and foremost, like I mentioned earlier, I don't have Disney Plus anymore. Secondly, yeah, even if I did, I would rather watch a million other things. You know what is a really bad movie, though, that no one made me watch it? I just watched and I was like, wow, this is a bad fucking movie. That X-Files movie that came out in like 29... 29. Uh, it came out in the year of our Lord 29. No, like 2009 or like 2011. I didn't even know they made this. Did yeah, it's called the X-Files I want to believe. I, I, just am call her, I just called him Scolder and Molly. Perfect. That's the opposites, Molly and Scolder. Well, let's try to fix this. Do you have any flyers to give out? Because I do, but I wanted to give you the opportunity first. I well, guess. I guess I'd give them to the X-Files, the movie that came out in 2009. <laughs> 29. Excuse <laughs> you. Well, that is going to be your answer for the week. And then I'm going to give out some flowers, too. Um, And for me, I'm like... How do I put this? I'm giving flowers, but like I'm really not, but I am. What are you doing? Are you giving flowers or are you not giving flowers? I mentioned Christian Cage earlier, and technically I want to give them to him, not for anything that he's done recently, but for the first time in a very, very long time. I have hope for Luchasaurus, and I have Christian to thank. So I'm here for... Why don't you give your flowers to Luchasaurus then and just leave Christian Cage by the wayside? I'm sure we'll talk about him in the next couple of weeks. Because Luchasaurus isn't responsible for this. This is definitely Christian responsible for it. But I will say, just like Kane, I do firmly believe we should take the mask off of Luchasaurus. Just by two seconds. Why? He's a dinosaur. That ruins the whole gimmick. Or it makes it better. How? He just becomes a human all of a sudden? He was a dinosaur for his whole life. Now he's a human? It happens like that sometimes. It's wrestling, it man. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun and entertaining. So if they do it in a fun and entertaining way, I'm sure you won't complain about it. I don't think that they're playing it as a mask, though. Like I think that the object of the character is that's his face. Well, I'll tell you, Taylor. I know I won't complain about it. That's his and face, And I know though. people won't complain about so it. You're going to rip his face off? I'm trying to segue us out of this motherfucker. <laughs> 
Please, for the love of God, go follow the big three at JD Rasslin, at Tots Pod, and at your pod. We have merch for sale, and I promise you, I've told you before, and I'll tell you probably another million fucking times, you look so much better wearing shirts that say JD Rasslin. So please go to prowrestlingtees.com slash JD Rasslin and pick some up. I'm pretty sure the Tots boys specifically do some kind of merch store and what a maneuver. So you can get some exclusive Tots merch over there too. But because I'm me, I'm going to promote the fuck out of the Pro Wrestling Tees store. So make sure you pick up a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling. While you're at it, I know you have so much content from us. Uh, a new Tots pod will actually be releasing on Monday. You can check out some of our friends. Not only do we have a bunch of mutuals on Twitter that we absolutely love, but I'll tell you one of my favorite podcasts forever will be The Heal Truth from our good friend Ted. Uh, but yeah, so please, please, please tell a friend to tell a friend. We have YouTube content for you guys now. We're working on coming up with some more original content. For, for right now, it's just another version of the podcast for all of those unlucky people that only listen to podcasts on YouTube. I wouldn't want to be you, but I also watch Pat's show on YouTube all the time. Anyway, though, we will see you on Monday, and we will see you back next week on Friday. Little disclaimer, we are recording that on Sunday, so if it's a little outdated, you can blame Taylor for fucking taking a million vacations. I love vacation. But until next time, we will see you later. Wait, before you go. Oh, God. I would just like to tell you, I love you, and I had something I was going to say before I did this, and I forgot it when you said, oh, God. I can't have the soda. (laughs) 